What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition, the 51st edition of the Round the League podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And man, do we have a lot to get into. Um, this might be the busiest week in the offseason in NBA history. Um, as we're recording this podcast, this is Tuesday night. We'll probably release it Wednesday early morning. Uh, so to run you through a quick timeline of what has already happened this week and what is going to happen um, Monday at noon Eastern, um, trades were allowed to officially start happening again. Uh, and a whole bunch of those came in, uh, about six or seven of them, I think. And, and we're going to get through all of those on this podcast uh, Wednesday night, which will be tonight, for those of you listening to this, the NBA draft will be happening Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. NBA free agency will start, and no players will be allowed to sign until Sunday, noon Eastern. Um, so that's the, basically a quick rundown of this week. Um, I mean, just first, your thoughts on just how much is going to be going on this week and, and how excited you are. Uh, just to kind of sit back and and ha- have some NBA action again after about a month, a month and a half off. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to look forward to uh, as far as free agency and the draft goes. Uh, the draft will be happening virtually, which is definitely different, but it'll still be uh, something to look forward to. I know that we haven't had basketball now for over a month. So, uh, again, I mean, it's... December 22nd, it's coming quick, so hold on to your hats, uh, NBA uh, fans out there. And, again, I think that there's a lot to look forward to. And I, I think, like, over anything else, in a combination with free agency and the draft, there's just a level of uncertainty. And it's it's cool because it kind of leaves you uh, wanting more, and it leaves you with just this big question mark over your head in terms of the amount of movement throughout the league, uh, what teams, I mean, I've, I've already seen, we could talk about this later, but I'm already seeing like three races in the, in the Western conference for like the, the top seeds, the middle seeds and the bottom. And it's some very tight races. So, and especially in the East too, a little bit more top heavy, but then again, I mean, I, I still see the East being very competitive as well. So, um, I, I think there's a level of uncertainty as well. Um, like I said before, just with everything going on and, um, Again, I, I think this, this season has the potential to be a uh, at an all-time high in terms of uh, parity. I, I think it, it can be at its peak that we've never really seen before. Um, and you, if you thought last season was competitive, just wait for this season. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, this is a just, I mean, we, we keep talking about this in every podcast, and I'm just... Just excited just to get some NBA news uh, uh, and just, you know, a lot of Woj bombs, shams on Twitter. I just I have everything on notifications on my phone. So that way, as soon as uh, uh, they're tweeting, uh, we're getting uh, right before we came on and, and we'll get into this. It was uh, Russell Westbrook potentially for John Wall is being discussed. I mean, there's just so many rumors and stuff. And I think we're going to see more from the trades uh, perspective than free agency in terms of big names being moved, obviously, with only like Anthony Davis being the big, you know, and he's not really even on the market. And after that, it kind of drops off in terms of free agency costs. But in terms of trades, I mean, we've already seen in 
And I guess we can get right into it now. The Milwaukee Bucks. Um, this might be the biggest uh, as of right now. This might be the biggest offseason in franchise history for them. Uh, they, you know, they're on the clock. Giannis has one more uh, year left on his deal. He is eligible for a five-year, two hundred and twenty million dollar uh, contract extension, and. They immediately, as soon as trade started, struck uh, two deals, actually. The first being acquiring Drew Holiday from the uh, New Orleans Pelicans for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first-round picks, which, um, well, I, let, let's get, uh, what do you think on that trade? Because I think that, before I go on to the next trade, because I, I think this trade is, is just so interesting from both perspectives, and I want to hear what you think, and then and then I'll give my uh, uh, analysis of the trade. You're taking the uh, the Drew Holiday trade first, not the Bogdan signing trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go the the Drew Holiday trade first. Okay. So as far as the Drew Holiday trade, I think this is definitely a big upgrade, and and you mentioned immediately um, the timing of this deal for the Bucks is very important, uh, and I think you alluded to that, and I'll continue with that just because it's it's a very important aspect of this trade. They did it the day or the night of um, when the moratorium was lifted, um, so they did it late last night. It was a big surprise for everyone, um, but not really because you have uh, Drew Holiday in which this is someone the Bucks needed. I talked about in previous podcasts, we talked about the future of the Bucks when they got in, eliminated, and I said that they needed a they needed creators. Let's be honest. You have a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, where he drives to the paint, he kicks out, he needs shooters around him, which he did have shooters around him, but not to this level where you have Drew Holiday. And then we'll talk about Bogdan in a second. I'm not going to get get off track here, but Drew Holiday is one of the best two way guards in the game. Um, if you thought Eric Bledsoe's perimeter defense. Uh, well, look at Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is one of the best perimeter defenders, if not the best perimeter defender in the game. He's gotten praise from guys like Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant for his defense. Um, NBA All-Defensive first team in 2017-2018, uh, and then a second team selection in 2018-2019. In um, really could have got a defensive selection this year. I don't think he got one. Um, but he's 30 years old. The, the thing I do worry about um, – with this this Drew Holiday trade, and I think it um, kind of goes to the young players, and especially the picks in this one, where you give up three first-round picks. Um, and this is sort of, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but this is sort of the same thing. Uh, I think Woj tweeted about this being the same type of uh, drop pick package that we saw for Anthony Davis. And that just goes to how widely valued uh, Drew Holiday is across. Um, you're talking about giving up three first-round picks, including two swaps. Um, so essentially five, um, if we're really being technical here, for Drew Holiday. Uh, plus you give up Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, who was actually having a, a great year from three-point range. And we talk about the shooting around Giannis. Um, but then again, I think that Drew Holiday is going to be, you talk about a guy that can do pretty much a lot of things you want in a basketball player, play defense, um, can play both sides of the ball. I mentioned that before. Um, and it's going to be a big upgrade for them. You do worry about the money a little bit and you worry about next season because both him and Giannis could leave you. And if that's the case, 
you put yourself in a big hole because of those first round picks. You won't have any really no leeway to, to rebuild. Um, and that's a big issue. Um, as far as the Pelicans side of this, um, again, I, I think it's similar to what you look at with, with the Thunder. Uh, you can look at uh, David Griffin and be like, hey, he's a, he's a mini Sam Presti with just the amount of picks that he's he's building up on, on his, uh, you know, with that roster that he has right now in that, in that uh, front office. But, Jake. Um, Jake. Yeah. Hello? And then as far as the Pelicans point, you look, uh, you look at what they got and – you kind of have to look at David Griffin stockpiling the picks like Sam, Sam Presti is doing in Oklahoma City. Um, you could call him a mini Sam Presti, although I, I guess I'm, I shouldn't go that far. Um, but then again, I, I think that there's really no complaints uh, from Pelican. Uh, and I'm trying to find like holes in these deals. Um, there's a lot of risk for Milwaukee in this. Um, and I think there there might be even more risk with actually no there's there's more risk with the picks in this deal over the Bogdan trade even though I thought Divincenzo was a lot of risk but I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but like I said, I, I think that this will definitely be uh, something good for the for the Pelicans down the road, especially if Milwaukee loses both Drew and uh, Giannis. I think that those picks are going to be worth a lot. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that deal. Yeah, um, the, you know, when I saw the obviously, I, did, I look, there was a lot of names being thrown out there. I didn't see Drew Holiday to the Bucks, and it kind of came out of nowhere. But at the same time, it wasn't a surprise just because you knew the Bucks had to do something. Um, like I let into before I asked you what you thought of this trade. It was the Bucks are going all in. Um, there's no holding back. Uh, when I originally saw the trade, I didn't see how many picks. I just thought it was maybe one pick, and I thought George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, I'm like, wow, they really, you know, that was kind of a steal um, for what they gave up. But then I saw the three first Trump picks, I'm like, wow. They're, they, I mean, like you said, I mean, it was almost a, a, not a, the type of talent that Anthony, you know, the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis, but in terms of picks, I mean, three first round picks, this not only is for this trade, but it sets the trade market for other teams, you know, especially for a guy like Bradley Beal, um, even Victor Oladipo doesn't have that much trade value right now. Um, but like, especially James Harden, Russell Westbrook, I mean, how many picks can those teams get for those guys? Because if true holidays getting three and, you know, he's a, you know, a one, you know, he was an all-star of what, six, eight seasons uh, ago now. I mean, he, he's a decent player. Yeah. 2012, 2013. So to me, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a lot. But at the same time, the the Bucks needed to do this. They needed someone else um, right now, and, and I'll get into now the other trade, um, which was Bogdan Bojanovic from Sacramento, and and the the um, Bucks gave up Ersan Ilyasova, DJ Wilson, and the big piece in that is Dante Divincenzo, who they just drafted. What was it last year? or The year before? Um, I think two years ago. I'll check that while you're on. Yeah, it was two years ago now. Um, and, you know, he was kind of their biggest young piece they had. Um, and they gave him up. So, I mean, like 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 you said, like I said, they're going all in. Um, there's no looking back. They're, you know, now they, you know, and, and to me it's kind of silly. People are like, oh, they have a star-studded lineup now. I don't see that. Uh, right now they're, they're, you know, opening night starting lineup would be Drew Holiday, 
uh, Bogdanovich, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and then pending, you know, Robin Lopez, unless they get someone an upgrade at center. And then, you know, the Bucks still have a lot of work to do. They have a whole bench that they're going to need to configure because they just got rid of all their depth. Um, I think the moves they made are going to improve them. Does it, is it, you know, vastly improved? I don't know. No one will know because, you know, in the regular season, they've been the best team for, what, two, three years now consistently? It's when the playoff time comes, what can they do? And they don't do much. So you're asking, you know, a guy like Drew Holiday who, who doesn't have um, – much playoff experience to all of a sudden, you know, he's going to need to be a big time player. You're asking Bogdanovich who, you know, to make big time shots and then Middleton and Giannis, um, they've been here and they've proven that they can't produce in the playoffs as of right now. So it's about the pieces around them that they can't do it on their own. So this is, this is a big test. Um, I think that, like I said, they need to go all, all in the books. The thing is, is are they going too far in that, if Giannis does end up leaving, because I think if he doesn't sign the the five, if he doesn't sign the extension and I, the deadline for him to sign that extension is December twenty first, a day before uh, or the night before the season starts, I think unless they win a championship, he's probably gone. Um, so I think we'll know, you know, basically in in the in these next in this next month, what where Giannis's head head is at, but it, it's definitely going to be. Some you know this this is going to be all season long, and you know the Bucks you know not only Giannis but everyone else is going to have to deal with oh you know if he didn't sign this extension what you know what are your plans you know how, and and the distractions of that there's going to be a lot on this Bucks team a lot a lot of pressure um, I think Mike McHolzer will be under a, a, an excruciating pressure um, in terms of what he you know what he can do and his coaching because time you know the past two playoffs as much as it's been on Giannis and him not being able um to to to, per, to produce uh once you build that wall it's also been on Mike Budenholzer who just doesn't like to make adjustments in a playoff series which is what playoffs are all about um where do you see that lineup ranking in the NBA and also what do you think on the on the Bogdanovich trade yeah i guess i'll try to keep this as i mean i have a couple points to go over but just go 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 for it as far as the i don't know it's hard to gauge like i said there's so much movement um that again they're gonna have to sign um and they also have that uh not to be jumping around here but they also have a second round pick that they got in, in the deal um so that'll be able to fill up a hole in your roster um again that's a young player that's not gonna it depends on who you get with yeah that. no that second round especially in in the and we're we're gonna get into the whole draft we're we're gonna do a mock draft at least for the um uh, lottery Jake and I but you, you can expect a lot from these rookies early on um you not, can't. not to cut you off but you're asking I mean this is uh, the uh, off season is abnormally short to begin with. And then you're asking rookies who are not even—they're not going to get summer league. They're going to get shortened training camp, and they're basically getting right into the season. I don't, especially when the Bucks are, are you know, it's championship or bust once again, and they're in the most important year in their franchise in a long, long time, maybe ever. Um, you can't ask a second round pick to come in and, and produce at that I, at, at high level. Yeah, I, I don't think that's where I was going at. I mean, I. I just think that if you get a second round pick to come in and listen, you're going to have to target a guy that's, um, and again, we, we'll get to the draft, uh, not that deep, obviously. We're go- only going the lottery, but 
like I said, just getting a, a using your draft pick. You have the 24th. That's gone to uh, New Orleans has that pick now at 24. Um, but using that draft pick in the second round to get a, a player that's established himself maybe overseas or has some experience in college, um, definitely you're definitely not going to try and go out and get a project or go out and get um, – and we already saw that with DJ Wilson. He was a project, and he didn't really develop. Um, and he wasn't able to develop um, under Mike Boonholzer and, and the Bucks. But uh, like like I said, I think you need to get a experienced uh, player with that pick. But moving on, because I don't think it's it's that important um, that draft pick. But, but like I said, I think uh, signing guys to a vet minimum, uh, whoever's available, willing to come into your team, and you got to express fit because I feel like that's one of the main reasons, uh, just outside of talent, um, of course, but also fit. It's important to put guys around your star player and Giannis Antetokounmpo who can come off the bench as well and provide good minutes and provide fit in terms of uh, being around him and being able to shoot the ball, which there's players out there like that, um, but it's getting the right players. Um, I also think that as far as the Bogdanovich trade goes, um, you are trading a guy in Dante DiVincenzo who has a ton of defensive potential and a ton of potential in general um, that it's such a high risk in terms of now you have to put a lot of emphasis on retaining Wesley Matthews because if he leaves, now you're even cutting more into your depth. And again, you can replace that with that minimum guys. Um, but also, again, you know, it, it shows with the, with the Los Angeles Clippers, everyone thought they were the deepest um, and guys didn't show up in the playoffs. So you have to be able to fit the right guys and guys who come up in the clutch, um, which is why I like Bogdanovich um, as a who's going to be a starter on, on this team. Um, and I, I think that he, in terms of his clutch field goals, I think that he's one of the best to do it. Um, last season, um, he attempted 32 three-pointers um, in clutch time, which was the same amount as James Harden. But James Harden only made 25%, um, whereas Bogdanovich made 37.5% of his. The Bucks are going to have to rely on guys like that to give them buckets down the stretch. So you saw Chris Middleton do that in Game 4 against the Heat. And so, again, it's just all about this starting lineup. We mentioned the depth, and the depth is going to be critical. Uh, they need to build around... Giannis in terms of uh, the rotation in general, even even the bench uh, depth, which is something that took a big hit with, with all these moves. Um, I saw this funny thing on Twitter that was pretty much like, now Mike Budenholzer is not going to have, he's not going to be struggling with minutes with the starters. He's going he's gonna to have to be able to play them uh, the minutes that they, that they deserve and that they, they need to get. Um, so it's just pretty funny to, to see that on Twitter, but that's pretty much all my, my thoughts on uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. They had a very eventful month uh, and definitely something that, like we said, it's, it's the timing, it's the urgency, and you don't really get a generational talent like Giannis uh, every there, – there's, there's one of him every – we saw it with Zion, but really like every five, ten years, a guy like this comes around, and you don't really want to give up on a guy like that. Uh, this early in the process, you want you want to retain him as as long as you can, and that's exactly what the Bucks are doing here. Yeah, their their backs are up against the wall. Giannis has said, you know, publicly 
he, you know, he said, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see what moves they make um, in in terms of the Bucks. And I think they're consulting him. I I, I think he's signing off on all these trades. They're not just doing it without telling him. And um, so I, I, listen, I, I think especially, I think even by the end of the week, we would, we could tell, you know, by, by Sunday night, if Giannis will sign this uh, Supermax extension or if he's just going to, uh, go into the season on the last year of his deal, and and then it's free game, and and I would I would lean towards more him leaving unless the championship is won. Um, side note, trans- side note, real quick. Go uh, go go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to point out if you saw the, uh, I'm sure you saw the Nick Kyrgios with Giannis, Brian. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know that guy pretty well, so you can kind of talk about that. For a second. Yeah, no, uh, t- tennis play- Australian tennis player Nick Kyrgios, uh, he's friendly with Giannis, and, and in an interview, I think, Kyrgios, uh, if you don't know Nick Kyrgios, he's a pretty controversial uh, player, funny, but, you know, just controversial, and um, he, in an interview, he said that, you know, he asked Giannis, Giannis, you know, would he go to the Heat, and he said Giannis just smiled, and so on Twitter, they had a little fun back and forth. Listen, I think, um, and, and we're going to get into this more. Giannis and the Heat, they've been linked now for, it feels like, years. Um, and and I, I truly do think, like I just said, we're going to know in the next week to two weeks what's going to happen with Giannis Antetokounmpo pending uh, they don't win a championship. If he doesn't sign and they end up winning a championship, I think there's no way that he could leave. Then again, he, he, Kawhi left, but that was a different situation. The Raptors after winning. But we'll see. Um, now transitioning into our next topic. Uh, a lot is going on with the Houston Rockets. Um, just, you know, they've been a title contender for the past, what, if it, you know, five, six years now. And um, a new era is starting in Houston. Uh, their coach, Mike D'Antoni, or former coach now, has left. He uh, is now an assistant coach from Brooklyn, a longtime general manager. Um, Daryl Morey has left, and then he is now with uh the phoenix uh excuse me philadelphia 76ers their new general manager is rafael stone and then new head coach steven stylus uh who was just recently hired as we discussed uh, i believe last podcast to the podcast before his hiring and now it seems like their two stars james Harden and russell westbrook after one year of playing together um on this team seem that they've had enough uh, maybe not of each other, just of of the of trying and the experiment. James Arden obviously being there now for about seven or eight seasons um, and trying to win and just haven't hasn't had success. Uh, it's been you know Russell Westbrook now for I think like two weeks now. It's been rumored that you know he's ready to get out of there, um, and with his contract, it doesn't seem like a contender he would be destined to go to right now. The top two teams that he would be going to uh, uh, would be either the Charlotte Hornets or the New York Knicks because they are have the ability to take some cap on. Um, so that's that, and we'll talk about that. And the bigger story is James Harden, the corner, the centerpiece of of the franchise is. Um, there's reports saying he turned down Adrian Wojnarowski uh, on Monday. Reported that he turned down a two-year, $103 million contract extension, Crazy. which would pay him $50 million a year. That's um, so if that doesn't say something, now I know he's posted some uh, uh, cryptic um, Instagram story post and stuff on social media, kind of 
you know, toying with people and toying with the fans as to does he want to stay, does he want to go. He still is under contract for two more seasons, and I believe he has a player uh, um, opt-in for a third. Or right. player opt-out. My bad. Him, uh, him and Westbrook have the same uh, amount of years left on their contracts. Yeah. Plus the so, this it's rumored either you know Philadelphia has been mentioned, uh, but Brooklyn is is the main thing to go play with Kyrie and KD. I find that so fascinating, and I, I'm going to let you go first on this. But I just I I guess you can go. Um, I just this is just so fascinating, the place that he would want he would play with. Um, but go for it and just dive right in. You can talk about rest, rest, whatever you want. Just just go for it. Yeah, I, I was about to say this seems like a, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like you have to kind of uh, see this from all aspects. There's a lot of aspects to covering this. Um, and so, this, this, I mean, and, and also let me pre- preface this by saying I, I did just mention just probably five, ten minutes ago how Drew Holiday got three first round picks uh, in, you know, or, or the Pelicans got three first round picks for Drew Holiday. And now you're looking, Russell Westbrook, I don't think will will be as much because of how large his contract is and the production he puts up. Um, but, and his pr- production is good, don't get me wrong. It's just where he is in his career and stuff. But James Harden, this could be a massive, this could be, you know, the biggest player traded in a long, long time. Yeah, what's funny is when he was traded from Houston, they got what, Kevin Martin and like, it was some... Some straight up yeah. things from from the Thunder. Um, yeah, it, from the, nothing from the much. The Thunder, yeah. But um, but it wasn't much, and now you look at Houston potentially getting uh, and and this is a lot for a, a first time uh for a promotion for Raphael Stone to be the GM. I mean, this is a lot to deal with. Um, and first first year uh head coach, official head coach, and Stephen Silas. I know we congratulated him, but. He's gonna have to lot a lot to deal with, um, and more the more so the front office than than the coaching. But yeah, this is a lot. Um, I don't know really where to start, um, but I guess I kind of want to start just with well, first of all, I guess since we're men- mentioning Houston, we might as well mention the Robert Covington deal. Uh, I don't know if you want to go over that real quick, Ryan. Yeah, no, go. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure, we should mention. Robert Cummington did get traded to the Portland Trailblazers. Um, again, this is setting the the bar so high for trades and for teams um, like a Brooklyn Nets, for like a Philadelphia 76ers, a Miami Heat team, um, even the Los Angeles Bye. Lakers. We'll, we'll get into that trade in a little. Um, Robert Cummington for Trevor Reason, two first-round picks. They and paid for Robert Cummington. Like six, one of those is like the 16th, I think, in this draft. But, yeah, so... I mean, the trades right now, and again, hence me saying again, and I keep saying I'm going back of what I said, but I said at the beginning of the episode, there you're going to see more activity in terms of major uh, names being, and Robert Covington, I'm not saying he's a major name, but just major names being uh, moved this offseason. And when guys like Robert Covington, who's not even you know a star tier, by any stretch of the imagination, is is going for two first round picks plus a player, Drew Holiday, who is I get you know you could say a star kind of um, an all star player, even though he's only made the all star team once. Um, going three first round picks. I mean, now you get into Harden and his potential trade to the Nets. What are the Nets giving up for him? 
Right. Well, actually, I was going to talk about Harden and Westbrook and destinations, I thought, um, before we mentioned the Robert Covington trade, because I thought that was important. Um, and like I said, so many aspects to pick apart here. But I actually think that James Harden, if, if I'm the Russell, okay, Russell Westbrook, I was about to say Russell Westbrook for some reason. Um, I just have those two names linked them. If I was the Houston Rockets, I would be looking for a trade. I would be calling up my fellow uh, former GM and Daryl Morey in Philadelphia and trying to get a trade for Ben Simmons because I think he is one of the few guys I would build a team around um, in the NBA at this very moment. I think they can give a, a very interesting package that might be even better than what the Nets are willing to give up. Um, they do have the 21st pick in the draft this year. Uh, they do have Matisse Thibel, who we we talk about his vlogs and just how great of a person he is. But he's actually a very good pa- basketball player as well. Great defender. And a great defender in the league, yeah. Um, people mm-hmm. rave about his defense. So I think Philadelphia can actually put together a better package. So if I'm Houston, um, that's who I'm looking towards. But then again, uh, James Harden, obviously, <clears throat> he knows what he wants. Uh, win a championship. Um and again, if I'm Harden, obviously you want to go to the Nets over uh, those two places. Um, but Philadelphia would be very interesting with him on the roster. I think that'll definitely, uh, again, they, they still have massive contracts, uh, especially if you're giving up uh, uh, Ben Simmons or, you know, you still have like Tobias Harris and Al Horford, who, depending on their situation, Again, they weren't uh, performing to the level that you would want to uh, want them to perform with Embiid and, and the whole rest of the crew there. But um, like I said before, I think Philadelphia is definitely a, a potential suitor. And I, I feel like Houston will want to pull the trigger well, on that trade. I, uh, over I, have, I have to agree with you that Philadelphia, I think you would get the best package. But as we've seen... Players kind of dictate where they end up, um, no matter if they're a free agent, which obviously they have their right. But even in trades, they kind of force their way uh, to one team or, or they kind of give a list of teams. I know Philadelphia has been rumored um, to be, you know, one of the two teams that James Harden would want to go to. And the, the question is, and we've talked about this now for since this podcast started a year exactly now is. You know, what does Philadelphia to do? Do they break up, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? And who, who, do, who do they get rid of first? Or who do they get rid of and build the team around the other? And in this situation, I would have to agree with you. Ben Simmons, um, I'm actually looking complex.com. I just searched up some trade scenarios um, just to see. And, you know, they have, it would be Mike Scott, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Zaire Smith, Matisse Stiebel, uh 2020 second uh, second round pick from the New York Knicks, a 2020 first round pick via the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then a 2022 first round pick that would be their own that they would be giving up um, mm. to the Rockets. And then, well, in this, they have Robert Covington and James Harden, Robert Covington, as we just mentioned. So I guess you could take one or two pieces out of that and take Robert Covington, and then it's still a massive haul. That's, um, that is a crazy haul, actually. It's a, I, I don't think it's as realistic. I don't know. It is, but it isn't. Um, because you, you, we talk about the Philadelphia, and, and I'm getting off track here, but we talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. 
and we're we've talked about now for everyone you know media has talked about and, and basketball uh, uh, analysts and stuff for years about their depth and how they don't have much and you're basically you, you basically all you have on the 76ers after that would be James Harden Joel Embiid and and kind of that's it you know but that, then then again Daryl Morey would go to work and and that's what he's best at is you know doing trades and I don't think he would he would give up that you, you give up that much for James Harden but at the same time I don't know if he would um but I I want to get back to it seems like and and there was a report today from a a, a credible source but I don't know how credible it was because it didn't gain any traction from uh, someone who covers the Nets saying there was a verbal agreement between the Rockets and Nets now, when I hear that and, and, and something in this big of a trade, a verbal agreement means nothing because of everything that the details that need to go into this trade. But I just want to talk about for a second. It, let's say James Harden does go to Brooklyn. I think people would first go crazy and immediately crown them champions. But I don't think people are realizing who the three stars on that team are. You're talking about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And what do all three of those players love? to do they love to have the basketball in their hands at all times you're talking about Kyrie Irving who I mean is on another planet to begin with mentally uh James Harden is a, is a different animal as well he he's very different and he you know isolation ball I you know I know it was the system he was in but still that's how he's played now for seven years or no five years really since Mike D'Antoni took over um the team and then you're talking about uh, Kevin Durant, who's also like Kyrie, he can be a little out there sometimes and just kind of, you know, a different type of person. Uh, I don't know. You can take it in a good way, bad way, however you want to take that. I'll let you interpret that. I don't know if that would work out. I have, I would have a feeling that, you know, yes, James Harden and Kevin Durant played together, but James Harden was a different basketball player then. He was sixth man of the year, um, knowing that you know he the ball wasn't going to be in his hands at all times. You're having now a guy and, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving need to get used to playing with each other. The only you know, obviously Kyrie's played with a big star in in uh, uh, um, LeBron, KD, obviously the super team. Russell's uh, Kevin's uh, excuse me, James Harden's even played with Russell Westbrook, but we saw how that turned out and and you know they're plus minus on the floor together, so on and so forth. I just I think it wouldn't work. I think you know something would blow up in that locker room. Some people wouldn't be happy, and you're all putting that on a first-time head coach and, and Steve Nash. Even though we complimented his staff in a previous podcast and how well he's put together a staff, I don't know if that would work out on paper. Would it look great? Yeah, I mean, you put that into a 2K and you do a 2K rebuild, you're winning, you know, 75 games and, and you're easily winning a championship. But this is real life, and and you know you have a lot of egos. Um, and, and I don't know if those three players in particular would be able to put their egos aside. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, with the, uh, with, with those three, I'm not sure how that works. Again, you're kind of asking Mike D'Antoni to, to really stress out. Um, he just coached <laughs> Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Imagine trying to run a basketball system around James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Um, he's hey, going to get hey. some gray, gray hairs on his head. Um, more than he has now. And, and Steve Nash, has, I think. I don't, I don't think it can get worse. I, I no think you would force Steve Nash to just quit after, you know, a couple games. Right. I mean, you, you have you, to you... first your head coach, too. So that's, that's the uh, even more crazy thing about it. Um, yeah. 
and I, I just don't, yeah, I don't really know the, the, the fit. I'm sure the, the casual fan would just say, Hey, they got three of the, the biggest stars in the NBA. They're going to win a championship. No, I mean, it doesn't really work like that. You have to account for fit. You have to account for the off ball movement. Uh, and I'm not so sure if, and I think Joe Harris might be rumored to leave them. Like there's, there's guys yeah, that are th- crucial to their team that, and that, uh, accommodate for off-ball movement, and that's going to be very critical, especially if you have three guys like that that just play on-ball. So I, I don't really know uh, what goes into that. I think the fit's better in Philadelphia. The package is going to be better in Philadelphia. Um, again, you don't, you don't make the, uh, the fireworks like you do in, with, uh, with Brooklyn in terms of the talent level, but it's just an overall better, uh, better suitor for both, for both teams, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the future, and I mean that's just again, you said players get their way. Yeah, I mean again, nine times out of ten, that's usually the case. You could even round it up to to close to ten, um, just with the way free agency yeah. and the player demand has been. But uh, yeah, I, I think either way, you're you're getting a, a reunion with either Maury or D'Antoni, so that's something to yeah. know um, in terms of that relationship, but. Again, I think it does put them. Uh, I don't know if it puts them over the top uh, in the East. Who? With in the with, net? In the Nets? With the oh, Nets. That, that definitely puts them over the top on paper. On paper, on I mean, paper. that you can't. You, yeah, you're on, not beating them. Yeah. On paper, but again, yeah. Like you're stressing, and like I'm really stressing. You're talking about three guys who their egos are so big, and yes, James Harden does have a big ego. It's just he hasn't, you know. You, you see how things have worked out. Chris Paul, and, and everyone always thought Chris Paul was the problem. You see now, and we'll get into Chris Paul later, Chris Paul is going to all these you know younger teams, helping them out, and guys are loving him. So all of a sudden, you're, you're looking, and you're like, hey, you know, what, what's, what's the real problem? And, and the Nets would have to give up. You know, it's not as good of a package as the 76ers, but, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, um, potentially Jared Allen. Uh, there's a whole bunch of guys that they would potentially need to give up, plus picks. And, you know, the last time uh, the Nets gave up a whole bunch of picks for, even though, you know, it wasn't the same caliber player, less a caliber, it was, you know, that Boston trade, and you saw how that worked out for them. Um, but we'll see. It's definitely going to be just, I, listen, I think the Rockets are not in a rush, though. Like we mentioned, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think Russell Westbrook is more likely to be moved than James Harden. And we're going to get into Russell Westbrook right now, but James Harden's still two years plus a player. Uh, option they can wait they can even wait until next summer to to move him uh and and kind of dangle that you know next summer with that big free agency class whoever kind of misses out be like hey you know we have a star here they can wait until mid-season whatever it is um they'll be able to wait i want to get to the russell westbrook stuff uh, unless you have one more thing on james harden um no I, i don't you can you can proceed okay so russell westbrook you know, to me, it seems like he's gone. I think he's gone. It's just a matter of where he goes. Uh, Charlotte and New York, uh, just the places I would think that Russell Westbrook would want to go. Well, the Knicks, I think, just seem so Russell Westbrook-esque. Um, he would, you know, take over and, and just put fans in the seats and, you know, just kind of carry the Knicks. Charlotte, I mean, just, yeah, you would definitely want to go there. Uh, and <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm joking. But something that popped up right before we came, right before we uh, 
started recording was a potential John Wall, Russell Westbrook swap. Both guys, you know, kind of aging. Uh, John John Wall coming off, you know, major Achilles injury. Hasn't played in close, well, be two years, calendar years, basically, um, since he last played an NBA game. Um, that's interesting. I think Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal backcourt, and, and I know Bradley Beal's, you know, been rumored to maybe get traded. There Again, the Heat seem to be rumored with everyone, but a Heat trade, uh, him going to the Heat and pairing with Bam and Jimmy um, now for also like close to a year has been uh, swirling. Uh, Wizards GM, you know, I think even re- as recent as today said, hey, uh, Bradley's not going anywhere. He wants to be here. We signed him to an extension recently. Uh, we're not trading him, but things can change. What do you see, you know, out of those three places, even somewhere else, maybe you're, you're somewhere else. I just think you also need to take into account this guy is going to make close to $40 million and most teams don't have that salary room. Yeah, I felt as if the, uh, I, I didn't really like the, the wall Westbrook rumors. I felt like they're, it's funny. You look kind of down the line and yeah, Russell Westbrook's an upgrade. Um, we haven't seen John wall play. Uh, so I guess maybe I shouldn't make that statement, but then again, I, I do feel like Russell Westbrook's a better player. Um, if you compare him to John Wall, um, is he is he really an upgrade though? I know we haven't seen John Wall play, slight, but I mean, slight slight upgrade, but but they're they're really the same player, um, and why and that's why it's so close. And they're also dealing with the same sort of contract. Um, they're both making a lot of money. Um, they're both making three years of. Three years, 132 million um, left on their deals. Um, so again, I, I think that uh, there's not really much sense in that deal. I think if you're looking elsewhere, um, again, you, you kind of have to, like I said, I, I think you going back to the Wizards real quick. Like I think it just you have to let John Wall and Bradley Beal play again. Um, they haven't played in a long time. You've added some young guys. Uh, you didn't have Bertans um, to stretch the floor. Um, when they were healthy, uh, I'm talking John Wall and Bradley Beal when they were both healthy. Uh, guys like that, again, you have to sign Bertans back. But then, you know, you have a sort of a restructured uh, Wizards team. Again, you, you need to add some guys to that. Um, but then again, I mean, they were a when Bradley Beal and John Wall were healthy. It's a different East now. But there with this East, how it's how it's stacked up, if they both get and they're, you know, Bradley Beal has a season like he did last year. They could easily be like a six or seven seed, uh, maybe even sneak into like the fifth seed if if they can. And, you know, the Pacers are not going to be what they want, once were, especially if like Victor Oladipo. Um, and there was also a, speaking of Victor Oladipo, that was a report um, that I should mention about Russell Westbrook and Victor Oladipo, in which uh, one of the I think it was Mark Stein said that they're, uh, or no, it wasn't Mark Stein. I think it was Brian Windhorst who said that they're um, pretty much just don't have much value. Um, in the league, and they're kind of uh, untradeable assets in terms of they don't provide much. Um, so I think in terms of Russell Westbrook, um, if he was to get flipped, which it looks likely, I would say New York, um, just because you have the attraction there, big market, uh, and that's kind of the attraction for a lot of free agents, but they end up not going there. Um, but I think this would be the start for New York. Um, you tried to, or at least it was rumored that Chris Paul would go. 
Um, and he's a guy who has a big contract, and that's some of like what I'm getting from as I talk to people about Russell Westbrook's big contract. But if you're in New York, you take whoever you can get um, at this point. And I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure if, if uh, you know, Russell Westbrook can be a guy like CP3 would have been for the Knicks. Um, I, I think I think I think the Knicks and, and Russell Westbrook have always been a package made in heaven. Uh, just because they're going to go off in their little land. Uh, it'll make the Knicks have some type of relevancy. Doesn't mean they'll be good. Russell Westbrook will be able to put up stats that, you know, no one's ever seen before probably because no one else is on that Knicks team, and, and it'll be a happy marriage, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but it's, I think Russell Westbrook definitely gets moved. And it just depend. It just depends where. Like you said, I saw that same report. He basically has no trade value. People don't, you know, people see he wasn't able to win in OKC. He came to Houston. They couldn't win there. So all of a sudden, people are again questioning. You know, maybe it's Russell Westbrook who, you know, he he's the issue uh, with all these teams he's on. So I think just teams like a, a Charlotte Hornets, like a New York Knicks. Uh, even like a Washington Wizards are just like, hey, you know, we'll take a shot on him. We have nothing to lose. Um, two two quick teams I should probably mention as well. I think uh, one, of the, one of the teams who just lost uh, one of their guards in Bruce Brown, which we I don't know if we'll talk about just because it wasn't too big of a deal. Um, but a, a great pickup, by the way, for for Brooklyn. Great yeah, pickup. Yeah, he, he he was important uh, to what. Detroit was building around those, so I'm kind of surprised uh, that he got moved. But um, they have a new GM there, I think Troy Weaver. So he's obviously making moves. But mm-hmm. I would look if I was Weaver, I would look to get Russell Westbrook um, on Detroit uh, because no, no money. Yeah, that's actually the I shouldn't say that. Like, I don't know. You you have Blake Griffin, who's making also, you know, a guy who's been rumored to get traded for it feels like years now. Uh, He's making a massive bag. I don't know. I mean, you're talking about Blake Griffin and Russell Westbrook, two guys who are just making massive loads of money that are not going to produce you the team you wish to have. Yeah, I mean, again, Detroit has that eighth pick, or I think it's it's either seventh or eighth, one of those two. It's, mm-hmm. it's them and the Knicks at seven and eight. Um, yeah. But I think, I think why not? Um, again, it's... It, you're any team. I mean, again, Houston's going to move the guy, so some team's going to take him. I don't know which one. Um, I ideally either Charlotte, New York, Detroit, or also another team I'll throw in there is Orlando, because Orlando's been rumored to get him as well, and that's a very interesting team to get him. Um, Aaron Gordon's been in some trade rumors. I think Evan Fournier as well. Um, again, depends on. Uh, again, it's a rebuild. You want young guys. So I don't know if Orlando, in terms of young guys, uh, really like gives you a, a, a good look and, and really enjoy it. Again, he, he could go really anywhere. I, I'm wondering as well, like, I don't know if like this is a popular or unpopular opinion, but I don't know if Russell Westbrook is one of those guys that ends up not getting a championship in his career. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would. I would have to say not. You would say you get <laughs> I, a championship? I, I believe that this is probably 
um, unless after this contract and that's another three years, he kind of just is like, hey, I'm, I realize, you know, I'm not going to be able to be the, the player I once was. And let me just kind of ring chase, which is where he'll be at that point in his career if he chooses to. Or I bet he could go get another kind of big contract from a team that we just mentioned. If he goes there, they just resign him to, you know, massive deal. I think that, you know, he's a player that, again, at this point in his career, I think he's just going to be on on mediocre teams, uh, putting up incredible stats, probably averaging triple doubles, and people will be enamored and be like, hey, you know, maybe this team needs him, this team needs him when he becomes a free agent. And I just think it's another case, uh, almost like a Carmelo Anthony, where it'll be too late before he realizes, hey, maybe I should have taken a back seat. Um, And that will happen. Um, but if you don't have anything else, I'm really excited. And this was your idea to do a, a, a mock draft of the uh, lottery. Um, so when we, we, we'll get into that now, basically how it'll work. Jake and I will switch off on every pick. Jake is up with the first pick in the draft. He will be, be acting as the Minnesota Timberwolves. So Jake, if you were the Minnesota Timberwolves, who do you take in the first pick of the 2020 NBA draft? Yeah, so we're going to be drafting the lottery here. Uh, Ryan gave me the, the decision of drafting number one overall, which I'm very uh, honored to be drafting for the <laughs> He gave me a very difficult decision, so that's the the uh, opposite side of that uh, viewpoint. Um, so if there's any Minnesota fans listening, you can be pissed off with Jake once he makes this decision. Yeah, go, uh, go hate on me uh, on our Instagram. I'll shout that out later, but... No, I'm kidding. Uh, so for the Minnesota Timberwolves, number one pick, uh, I am going to go with – we've talked about fit a lot during this podcast. I'm going to go with fit. I'm going Anthony Edwards. Uh, I feel like him and D'Angelo Russell, that's the ideal backcourt for the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's been a lot of hype about LaMelo Ball going. Um, but I'm going to go Anthony Edwards because I feel like his frame is NBA ready. Um. Again, his athleticism is crazy. Uh, him and D'Angelo Russell, that will be a good fit um, for them. Again, his off-ball defense uh, needs some work. His effort needs some work. Um, but I feel like he does have a frame, uh, like I said before. And I feel like he'll be a, a, a great fit for the, for the T-Wolves. Um, I've stressed fit a lot. And again, with the uncertainty of this draft, uh, I feel like that's the pick that that the uh, T-Wolf should make. Again, it's very uncertain. The safest pick for them. That's who I'm going to go with at one. Yeah, I I, I won't, you know, since, you know, we're going to try to do this in a timely manner, I won't go too deep. Um, But I I have to agree with you. I think Anthony Edwards is probably the safest pick uh, for the T-Wolves. Fit everything. Uh, And I think he, you know, he has a Dwayne Wade comparison, I think, he could have more of a Victor Oladipo, but, you know, pr- you know, Victor Oladipo, like two years ago, All-NBA Victor Oladipo, All-Star Victor Oladipo. I think he could be a little bit better than that. I don't know if the Dwayne Wade uh, comp, if you, I don't think he could get up to Dwayne Wade, but we'll definitely see. Um, Golden State's up next, obviously. They had, you know, I call it, almost, I th- I'm going to think of it almost as a San Antonio Spurs type year when San Antonio Spurs, David Robinson got hurt and they ended up with like the number one or number two pick in the draft and drafted uh, Tim Duncan. Um, next year, they'll have Steph back. They'll have Clay back. Obviously, Draymond 
and I think the only thing they're missing is that center. So I think the obvious pick for them, unless they do trade out, which is a possibility, but I'll go James Wiseman. I think, um, the, again, you, you said it yourself, a lot of uncertainty with this draft. Uh, no play. This is not like last year where you knew Zion one, Jaw two, RJ three, and so on and so forth. Um, no player. I, I don't think, and we ta- I talked about this again last podcast, no superstar. I don't know if there's a guy in this draft that, you know, in, in the lot, even in the top five that is going to, you know, become a, a transcendent talent. But James Wiseman, uh, really, really good um, big man and, and exactly what the Warriors all these years have been missing. Um, so I'm going to go James Wiseman at, uh, you know, starting lineup and, and be on a contending team immediately. Yeah, I feel like that's the hole that they need to address. Um, I, again, you could argue LaMelo there, um, which that will be my third pick uh, for the Hornets. I feel like that's kind of uh, one of those picks where it falls in your lap if, you, if you're able to get them. Um, the guy is the best playmaker in the draft, um, and I, I don't know if it's, it's too close. Um, he, you know, again, ball handling, passing, uh, he really does it all. Um, he has uh, great size, uh, six foot seven wingspan, six uh, ten wingspan, um, and he really is is good for his size. He's essentially like a, a point forward in, in a sense, um, mm-hmm. just of his size. And um, and like I said, just like Lonzo, he's a great rebounder, um, and he's he's very uh, he's a really good defender. Versus lengthy. Defender very lengthy as i mentioned before um, he 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 really has all the talent and if i think if you would have went the traditional college route uh, obviously everyone knows his dad lavar um and actually has been pretty quiet during this process we'll see how that goes um but if he would have went the traditional route i think there was a, no doubt uh number one pick in the draft and he, you know, I think if if I had to pick one person in this draft, that was, you know, in this top five or t- even top three out of these three players we just drafted, I think Lamelo could be the superstar. Uh, just unlimited range, just point, you know, kind of a point uh, forward, as you said, and just really, really good player. The only thing is, is he, what he hasn't really played great competition. Um, played in Lithuania when he was like sixteen years old. Uh, he didn't even play much high school ball, but. Uh, then went over to Australia. That league is not known to be a great league. It's not like playing in the Euro League or even in the Chinese Basketball League. Um, but for Charlotte, they get you know that that box office type name. Uh, if if you can call him, I, I think you can call him Melo that just with his personality and everything, uh, and a real real upgrade um, for them at three. Um, Next is the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, new uh, front office. Uh, our Taurus, I, I can't, I can never pronounce his last name. Uh, can you pronounce his last name? <laughs> yes. Uh, it'll be his first pick as a as a general manager or as a bas- basketball ops guy of the, of the Chicago Bulls. Um, they have an interesting. Um, they're an interesting spot. They have Zach Levine, uh, Chris Dunn, Laurie Marketing. Uh, uh, Wendell Carter. Um, a lot of rumors saying maybe Zach Levine's on his way out. They package him and, and, and go get someone else. They have Kobe White also. 
Um, but not here. I'm going to go Dan uh, out of Israel, Maccabi Tel Aviv, um, someone who I, I, I've followed uh, for a while now. Um, he doesn't excel at, at, if you don't know who he is. He doesn't excel at, at one area of the game. He's really, really good at all aspects. I think that's what he's missing is he needs to excel in one area and he could really transcend. I think he fits in right away with the Bulls, uh, gives them a piece. I also uh, would have liked, obviously, uh, if, if the I mentioned the Warriors possibly trading back a couple picks and, and gaining you know assets. I think if he were to go to the Warriors, a great fit day one also, just because he doesn't need to be you know the guy. I think if they, even if they do end up keeping Zach Levine, again, he doesn't need to be the guy. He can work into this team, and this is a young, growing team together. Um, so I'm going to go uh, Avija with uh, pick number four. Okay, interesting. I, I had Avija, too, at, uh, at four. I just feel like he fits in perfectly with what the Chicago Bulls need. Um, again, he's got, you know, great size for, you know, again, he, he can pass the ball well. Um needs to do and I feel like the Chicago Bulls um definitely need a playmaker and he'll step right in and and you know he could really switch um different positions on the floor um and be a great player for them for my next pick uh yeah the five is where it gets interesting I think yeah interesting um, I, I I think five because and and I don't want to steal your whole thing here. I think five just because the Cavs are just all over the place. Um, in terms of the past two years, they drafted two you know six foot guards uh, who haven't really done anything yet. They have Kevin Love with a, a big contract. Uh, Tristan Thompson is going to become a free agent, I believe. Andre Drummond just opted into his contract. Um, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they haven't been in, like, that many rumors. Like, I, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. feel like I've heard their name a lot. Um, and that's that's kind of surprising me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go with – yeah, this one's tough. I'm probably going to go with Obi Toppin because I like his upside. Um, he's legit a Lob City finisher. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he – uh, did I say Lob City finisher? Is that a? Is that a <laughs> I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about. Super We're going 2K. We're going. He's got the Lob City finisher badge. He does though. He does. He'll have that badge he when he gets he entered into, into 2K21 I, next gen. I'm too. I'm too focused on. Uh, on. Well, I, I'm not really trying to get 2K21, but. Um, that's pretty. Keep funny. going though. Keep going. But, but he is, he is, um, you know, he can really catch lobs. Um, he is a pure athlete, um, and has extreme athleticism. Um, he's a good three point shooter for his size. Um, hasn't necessarily gotten adapted to that, um, shooting at that rate just yet. Um, but he's a prototype that I think he's kind of a hybrid between both, the an athletic big and also um, like a freakishly athletic big, but also a guy that can go out and shoot. Um, so I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, again, you kind of have your Sexton had a good year. I don't think you need to get a, a point guard or a guard. Um, and then I feel like Obi Toppin's the next, the next be- best, uh, best big on the board. Um, I think like uh, a Kongu is kind of debatable there as well. Um, but I think I'll go Obi Toppin. 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I think the only question with Obi Toppin is age, uh, being so old, uh, 22. But again, the Cavs, no one knows uh, what goes on there when LeBron doesn't play there. Um, so who knows? <laughs> you know, I, I think they pick him and then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, now the front court's crowded, but at the same time, you just need to pick kind of best available. And that's what's there, I think. Um, again, you said the draft really get, you know, it's not for sure set in stone the first four players or even the first, you know, it, you kind of know who the first three are and then at four the draft kind of gets started, but you figure Avija will go to the Bulls. Um, now it's six, you have the Hawks, and I think the Hawks, you know, they were supposed to be a playoff-type team last year. They, they weren't. Um, I think they are this year. I think, you know, they'll be in the hunt. I've heard them in the hunt for, you know, kind of like Gordon Hayward um trade pieces so who knows maybe they package the six pick and, and trade uh and, and and trade out of the draft or trade back um but if they do keep this pick you know obviously you have you have your point guard and trey young um you have you know cam reddich kevin herter uh john collins and then you have clint capella who you got at the trade deadline um i think you go for kind of a four here um I would have to go a Kangu from USC, um, give you another big, uh, just in case, you know, maybe they get rid of Clint Capella, maybe they get rid of John Collins. Uh, again, in trade packages, uh, go Kangu, uh, you know, good big man, power forward, center type guy, uh, you know, young. And, you know, he develops with this young core of, of uh, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and Cam Reddish. Yeah, that's an interesting pick. Um, I had Isaac Okoro uh, at six. I just feel like mm. they've been looking for I, – I don't know. They do have Cam Reddish and those guys. Um, I feel like they are trying to it, get that. Again, all, the, all these picks um, – yeah. The draft, like we've mentioned, there's no for sure pick. Our our mock draft could be totally. Who knows? You know, no one even knows who's going number one. And this is, you know, again, this is like a, the 2013 draft, Anthony Bennett draft. Um, no one knows what's going to happen. There could be a surprise. One of these guys who were main. Who knows? Maybe a Kungu is surprised and he goes number one. That's the type of draft and the type of year we're having. So. Uh, but next on the clock is the Detroit Pistons. We just talked about them with Blake Griffin um, earlier. Who do you have going? Uh, going seven? Mm-hmm. Basically don't have a point guard. Uh, they, here I think they just take best available. Um, they don't really have much. Yeah, they, they uh, do. But hmm, this, this pick's interesting. Um, I'm probably going to go with uh, surprisingly, because I kind of feel like there's a better fit for the player that I maybe would take here, um, and I, maybe he'll drop. Um, but I feel like the Pistons will end up going with Patrick Williams on him, uh, and this is kind of just a pick where I feel like it's going to be like this is the guy they're going to go with. Um, and there, there's been like I saw a rumor that was like, oh, the the Pistons were like promised to get Patrick Williams at seven and. Um, and there is some uncertainty, you know, Patrick Williams is, is, um, is a great basketball player. And like, really, if you would have like done this draft a while back, he wouldn't even really make your lottery. Like that's, that's how much he's really gotten surged throughout this draft to, 
process as we've gotten closer and closer to the mark. Um, and Patrick Williams can really do it all. He's your prototype for uh, how the game's developing. Um, how tall? I think he's like six. I want to say like six eight, six nine. Um, but I'm not positive. Let me. Check. He's six. He's six eight. Um, wingspan six six eleven. Wingspan two twenty five. Um, he's shown flashes at at FSU um, of offensive potential. He's a great defender. Um, you know he can chase. Uh, you know doesn't really uh, give up on plays. Can shop block. Can run the floor. Catch alley oops. Like he just really does it all. And I think he's the prototype, like I said, for for the NBA nowadays. Um, I also feel like he's the type of guy that the new GM uh, Weaver would go after. Uh, he developed uh, wings in OKC. Uh, you look at even like the recent um, acquisitions for the for the Thunder and Shy Gillies Alexander, Darius Baisley. He loves those type types of wings. Um, mm-hmm. they're gonna be like Terrence Ferguson. Like you go down the line. So I just kind of feel like this is the guy they'll take. Um, and he really does have a lot of upside. So, um, again, that's kind of the guy that uh, that I would go with at, at seven. I just feel like it's the most realistic for them. Yeah, and no, I, uh, you know, you've watched him in person, uh, having having going to FSU. I I, I like the pick. I think you know it's uh, he's like a year ago or you know six months or not six months ago because. But, you know, beginning of the college season last year, which is a year ago, you, you don't think of as a uh, a lottery pick. And he kind of asserted himself, not a big stat. You know, his stat line's not um, uh, like, you know, starts, you know, eye popping, but, you know, really gets the job done. And I think would be a good I agree with you. I think would be a good pick. Next on the clock is the New York Knicks. Um whoever I take, they're probably going to take someone totally just out of the blue. I feel like I need to kind of. Think outside think of the box it. here, because that that's that's what the Knicks do. Um, a guy who has been getting a lot of draft buzz, Killeen Hayes. Obviously, on our draft, I have a draft board here. You know, just kind of marking guys off as we go. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is still on the board. Isaac Cora, uh, Killeen Hayes, yeah. uh, Tyrese Maxey. Um, there's a bunch of guys here that are still here. I'm going to go Killian Hayes. Knicks always love to draft uh, European guards. They did it with Frank Neokina. Um, you know, yeah. I think. France. So. France. Uh, the logical pick the lot, the logical pick here would be Tyrese Halliburton since he's still on the board. But I'm going to go with a Knicks-type pick, and I'm going to go uh, Killian Hayes, which I think, I think he, he has a good potential. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of give you the the tenth pick. Like, I feel like we're we're really sleeping on Hall, Halliburton, so you could take him at ten. Um, hopefully, if that's what you decided, I'm just giving you some advice because I don't want him to slip that far, yeah. that far. But um, yeah, no, 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 like, yeah, no. I, 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 I was gonna take him with, with I was gonna, I, I, I've been tempted a few times to take him already, uh, but I this past pick, I just had to go a Knicks type pick that everyone just kind of looks at each other and, like, what the hell are they doing? So there's that. Right. Um, I'm going to take Isaac Okoro at, at nine um, just because I feel like their their guard situation is going to be uh, definitely fixed next year. We talk about John Wall uh, 
coming back, and I don't know if he's going to get moved or not, but uh, it seems like whatever happens, their, their point guard and their shooting guard are definitely going to be taken care of. So I'm going to address the need at the three. Uh, Isaac Okoro, 6'6". Six, six. Um, again, there is questions about uh, his shooting, um, but I do think his ability to get to the rim and his, uh, again, his versatile defense will be very um, essential to this Wizards team. Um, I don't even really know who their three is, to be honest. Um, I can't really think of it. I don't know if you could think of it, Ryan, but I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know who their three is. Uh, the wizard, the, uh, Roy Hachimura, but he more plays the, the power Perfect. forward. Yeah, but he's playing the four, so I don't really know who they play at the yeah. three. I can't Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but exactly. They don't really they have, don't have a They don't have a solidified three, which that's why I, I like your pick. Um, they don't, and, and they haven't had one since, like, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter. So I, I like this pick. Um, and, like I said, Isaac Okoro showed some, some great defense. Um, and one of the best defenders in this draft. So why not go ahead and um, and uh, increase? I mean, the Wizards were great offensively, like, you know, at some points last year. Um, mm-hmm. And adding yeah. defensively, um, I think that could definitely um, help them with uh, a resurging uh, uh, Wizards team with, with getting injuries, um, you know, I guess uh, getting guys shapened up and, and back in the lineup, so. Now, with the 10th pick, and I guess you kind of, I think I was going to, I still want to go Tyrese Halliburton here. Um, it's Phoenix Suns. Obviously, they just acquired Chris Paul. Um, they're going to have Chris Paul, Devin Booker in the backcourt. You could, I guess, technically move Devin Booker to the three. Or not even really. Um they have center and Deion. I'm going to go best available. I think Tyrese Allen Burton, if he would, and I don't even think he drops this far. I think he gets picked earlier, but it's kind of like you just need to take him uh, just because you can't pass up on him at this point. So I'm going to go Halliburton at, uh, at 10, uh, played at Iowa, uh, average 15, 6, and 6.5. Six and uh, just all around pretty good player, and I think um, – could be one of those players immediately that gives you some some nice input. And for a Suns team, I think it adds depth uh, to a team that's looking to, and, and we're about to talk about after this mock draft, that's you know going to make a playoff push or feel like they could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely uh, another pick that, you know, I, I wanted you to take him just because uh, I didn't really want him to fall. I felt like we were really sleeping. Uh, but then again, I mean, it is our mock draft and, you know, anything can happen, especially in the real real draft tomorrow. Um, as yeah. far as people, people are, some people are probably looking at this mock draft like it's terrible, but we're just kind of having fun with it and and just going through different scenarios. Right, and you you kind of have to wing it depending on what mirror you choose. So it's kind of exactly. You know, if we if we sound like we're not uh, totally engaged, it's not that. It's just we're kind of uh, on the bubble yeah. here as far as yeah. who the other guy takes. Exactly. Um, so at eleven, I think this is the perfect guy actually um, for the Spurs. Uh, I, I think now that I'm thinking about it, it actually makes more and more sense. I'm gonna go Devin Vassell, another FSU guy. Uh, I took. Let me see. I'm trying to think here. Well, I didn't take FSU guys back to back. I took Okoro in the middle, but um, I'm gonna go another FSU guy off the board. Um, Leonard Hamilton has has the, uh, you know, has that. Um, 
you know, ability to get two FSU guys in the lottery from his from his program. Um, and Devin Vassell is one of those guys. He's going to a good program um, in this mock draft in the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and I feel like that's yeah. going to be a great place for him to develop, um, especially yeah. with DeMar DeRozan. Um, his future is likely in question. Maybe LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he's been in some rumors. Um, so this is a team that might be on the decline um, in terms of how stacked the Western Conference is, and no one is really talking about the Spurs. Um, this will be yeah. a great place for him to develop. Um, and I feel like he's gotten comparisons to Chris Middleton, Covington, who just got traded, uh, Matisse Thibel for being – he's arguably the best uh, defender in this draft. Um, and he took a lot more shots off the dribble um, as a sophomore hitting 39. Um, and he's, again, a, a very elite uh, defender. He's a good team defender. And, you know, the Spurs like to play team basketball, so that's, of course, um, of utmost importance being a team player. Uh, again, I, I feel like he's uh, the corner threes is where he thrives um, a lot. Um, he could be kind of like also I, I could um, picture this as well, like a P.J. Tucker type as well. Um, you could throw that guy in there as well as if you want to try and get some comparisons in there. Um, although maybe he doesn't really have he's a little bit taller than P.J. Tucker, but still um, can play the defense, can shoot the three. Um and I feel like this is just a great pick for the Spurs. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I feel like maybe he could go a little bit earlier, a little bit later, but eleven's uh, a good spot for him. Yeah, uh, I have to agree. I'm going to kind of, so that way we're, we're good on time here because I know people are not going to sit and listen to a three-hour podcast, which is kind of what we're on par for. <laughs> um, but um, next pick is the Sacramento Kings. Um they're, they're in an interesting spot, just trading Bogdanovich. They could, even though they never really contended or anything, they could be looking at another type of rebuild. Been rumored, you know, Darren Fox could be on his way out, you know, just kind of tired of the same situation. Uh, Marvin Bagley really never lived up to anything with his injury issues. Um, another team, I think, that kind of just best available. They have Harrison Barnes. They have Buddy Heald. Um where the draft gets tough and where our expertise is not the best. Um, I'm going to go with, with, with the small forward out of uh, Vanderbilt, Aaron Naismith. That's a good point. Puts up a lot of points. Uh, really under, only played, you know, uh, didn't play that many games uh, due to injury. But, uh, saw, you know, saw, not a freshman, but a sophomore uh, coming out. Um, and, and I think could be a really, really nice pick for them, give them some scoring and not knowing what happens with Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald could be on the move, um, not knowing, you know, what really happens with anyone on this team. There's no one. I mean, Darren Fox, I guess, is the cornerstone, but even him now, there seems to be rumors about uh, him potentially on the move and them trading him and trying to get a big haul back. So um, I'm going to go Aaron Naismith here. Yeah, I, I feel like that's definitely a uh... – a great pick um, at what was that 12? I, I feel like that's yes uh, around the spot that he should go. Some people maybe see him dropping a little bit, but he is the best shooter in this draft. And again, the Kings just lost shooting in Bogdanovich, so why not just add one of the best shooters in this class and and uh, Aaron Neesmith? So I, uh, I I like the pick. Um, I feel like there's not too much debate in this. I, I feel like there's a lot of um, good fits here. 
and I kind of feel like this draft's not not going that bad. I feel like there's there's a lot of teams where it just it makes sense. Although guys are falling, it makes a lot of um, sense, which uh, we'll have to see what goes on tomorrow. I, I'm going to go with uh, my 13th pick, the New Orleans Pelicans. Justin, another big trade as well, um, like the Kings were with Drew Holiday. Uh, and I'm going to go Tyrell Terry. Uh, he's guard out of Stanford. And he is another great shooter in this draft, like Aaron Neesmith. Um, and he's able to run off his screens and shoot the ball at a high rate. Um, that's yeah, something uh, that's, what happened? No, I just – the only reason I question this pick is just because I think they're so overloaded. Yeah, they are. Uh, but I, I feel like Eric Bledsoe and George Hill will probably get moved, and that's why I'm, I'm picking this. I'm also envisioning Tyrell Terry and also – you have a vet in, in J.J. Redick, but also those two guys running off the screens – um, there is definitely, uh, you know, there, there's definitely, you know, something brewing there in New Orleans. And as far as that, that off ball movement, um, again, JJ Reddick's one of the best in the league to, to, to run off ball. And, and, um, you know, he shoots the ball at a higher rate, obviously from three. Um, but I just feel like, I don't know where you go with this pick. If you're New Orleans, you kind of have young guys all I, over the place. I, I feel like you could have gone um, either a three or four. Well, really, really a three. Uh, obviously, you have Zion at four, my bad. Uh, with not knowing what's going to go on with Brandon Ingram, I felt like you could have gone uh, Precious Acora, or not Precious. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name now. Uh, out of Memphis. Precious Achua. Yeah, out of Memphis. Uh, there's a couple guys that you could have gone. Even RJ Hampton, I think. Um, you could have taken a risk on here. I think that this is a crucial pick for them also just in terms of adding uh, to an already young core. But, you know, Tyrell Terry, uh, I don't know much about, I'll be honest. Um, so I'm going to go with your word here. I mean, and, uh, I mean listen, and, on, on the ringer, he's a top uh, prospect. So listen, yeah, so. If, you're, if you're in New Orleans. He could be that, that you know, late lottery, uh, you know, 15 through 20 steel that a team gets right and and again you you don't have too much risk if you're new orleans again you have young players kind of across your roster um in each and every position really so you kind of just go for like some bench depth hope that he uh develops into a nice player and uh again i've seen some mock drafts have him as as far as uh i don't know as far as i think the late lottery i mean uh not late lottery the, the late for um, like maybe like OKC or or before uh, the Lakers traded that pick they had the Lakers getting him at like 28 uh, they had but um that's like one of the mock drops I looked at and they had him going at that pick so it really just depends I feel like if you're the New Orleans Pelicans if you're the New Orleans Pelicans whatever in your right mind is the best prospect for your organization I don't really care about the position when it comes to them like I said they haven't a lot of uh young talent across the board over there. So you just go best prospect. Um, but I'm going to go Terry with my 13th pick. And to round out the lottery, the Boston Celtics, um, they acquired this pick from, God, I, I think Memphis. Memphis, you're right. 
Um, you know, obviously they have they have Kemba, they have Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. The only spot that they would really need, and I don't think you get a starting center out of pick, would be center. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen with Gordon Hayward, um, a team that just made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, picking the lottery. Um, I, I want to go Tyrese Maxey here. I know a lot of people have him kind of going a couple picks later or even mid twenties. I or, really am. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Are you high on Cole Anthony? Cole Anthony, too. Um, Both guys who their range seems to be starting about now and going into late first round. Um, I'm going to go Tyrese Maxey. I'm really, I I, I just feel like he is the Tyler hero of this draft. I don't know why. I have a feeling he, he can make a big impact and he might be, you know, you look at what happened with the Miami Heat this year and Tyler hero, Boston Celtics, same type of team. Who are kind of contending, uh, or are contending in their minds and, and uh, looking to make some moves to improve their uh, thing. Or again, I feel like I'm saying this with a lot of my picks, but they could trade um, and could package package this in a trade, so they might not even be here. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tyrese Maxey here. Um, I know you kind of liked Cole Anthony there. Uh, I'll go uh, Tyrese Maxey. Um, so that'll round out the mock draft. Uh, Pretty good. Uh, we will be posting mo- these mock draft results in case you couldn't kind of keep up with us on our Instagram page. I'll make it, we'll make a graphic and, and post that uh, before the draft. So later today, as you're listening to this podcast, you can go and follow along on the Instagram page um, at underscore around the league underscore. Yeah, it's a great uh, idea. We'll, we'll be posting that. Uh, and we'll shout our yeah. Instagram uh, again at the end of the episode if you guys are still listening. So. Yeah. And then... Uh, the last topic of the day after this long walk, and if you've gotten this far in the episode, we appreciate you. Um, Chris Paul, uh, which has been rumored now for about you know a good time now, going to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he gets traded there. Um, OKC in return gets Abdul Nadar. Uh, oh no, Abdul Nadar going to the Suns. My bad. Uh, with Chris Paul and the Thunder receive. Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen Lacroix, and a 2022 first-round pick. So Sam Presti soon to take over every pick in the next five to ten NBA drafts. He will just be picking as he chooses uh, soon enough. Um, thoughts on this trade? I, I, I love this trade. Uh, I think both teams win from it. I, I think it's a, a great trade for both sides. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think someone was asking me on the Instagram about, are the Suns a lock uh, for the playoffs with CP3? And I think the answer to that question is, uh, for short, yes. I think that CP3, he's one of, in my opinion, he's one of two guys that makes you an instant lock for a playoff spot. Him and LeBron James. I think those are the only two guys where you look at them and you say, you know what, they, and that's how much they impact the game with their value. I think, uh, and again, there could be like issues in terms of like other players with certain things, but those guys impact the game. They're floor generals and they're floor generals on and off the court. That's what CP3 and LeBron James are. As for CP3, um, I feel like James Jones is, as the GM has done, done a great job um, hiring Monty Williams. Uh, I want to say... What, was he just – I don't know if he was like a – I don't know. I don't have this like – how long has he been the coach of the Suns? I think 
couple years now. I'm not positive, Ryan. Uh, last year was his first season, and you're talking. You cut out. You cut out for a second. Say say the name of the coach again. Uh, Monty Williams. So Monty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I forgot last year was was his first season, but you know James Jones has done a great job of of really putting this team together from the personnel to the players. Um, and I think this goes back to finding a running mate for Devin Booker. He has DeAndre Ayton, but finding that that backcourt running mate in particular. They had Ricky Rubio, and when he was on the floor, Devin Booker was elevated in his game. DeAndre Ayton was elevated in his respective game as well. Um, but with Chris Paul now, it's going to be on a whole different level. Uh, you know, DeAndre was posted up a, a double-double uh, last season. Uh, Devin Booker almost didn't make the All-Star game, but substituted in. Um, I forget who was out. I think it was. I'm not going to go fishing for the name, but uh, yeah. De- Devin Booker was was – a borderline, uh, almost not an all-star, but still, I mean, a ridiculous season for him offensively. And Chris Paul is going to come in and provide veteran leadership, just like he did on the Thunder. Um, the Suns are riding high on their 8-0 momentum in the bubble, uh, and apparently that meant a crap ton that you just got CP3, a 10-time all-star. Um, and this is the first time, fun fact, the first time um, that the Phoenix Suns have – traded for a player uh, coming off of an all-NBA season in nearly 30 years. Last time was Charles Barkley in 92. Um, so this is big for the Phoenix Suns. Um, it gives you yeah. some, um, a, a lot to root for, and, and really for the NBA fans, a backcourt of CP3 and, and Devin Booker, arguably, besides maybe uh, Stephen Clay, could be the best backcourt. Um, in the West, I would, the I, I, okay, I, I, I'd slow your roll there. I think you still have some backcourts. Um, but I love this trade. I think uh, you're a DeAndre Ayton away, and I say that because they have DeAndre Ayton away in terms of DeAndre Ayton just you know, getting to that next tier, and I think Chris Paul can help him do that um, in terms of becoming an all-star uh you you know i know you i, I know you answered this on, on uh the instagram and and we got we appreciate you know i put out uh, questions on the instagram the other day and, and a lot of them we answered within the topics there's one that i'm looking at now that we didn't answer and and we'll kind of real quick uh, i'll throw in here but um yeah i think if deandre Ayton can play a little higher you know to that number one overall pick potential that he was um they're definitely playoff lock I think they could get as high as probably a, a five or a six seed. Um, Chris Paul just he he revamped himself, new diet. Uh, last year in OKC, he proved that you know he can he's always going to be a winner in terms of at least making the playoffs, and and I think he can really propel this young Suns team and give them you know hope that they haven't had really since Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire were there. Um, so yeah, so you know, uh, so much that we unpacked in this episode and, and you know i think we're definitely going to be getting team as, as you know the season gets closer and just i know this sun's team will be talking about a lot this season because i have a feeling they're going to be you know a, a storyline to watch and a lot of nationally televised games I, I would have to imagine that they would have real quick though i do want to throw in at the end one 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 thing that we didn't cover that i know someone did ask a question uh you know what we're going to save it for the next episode. 
so if you didn't hear something that you asked, look for it on the next episode. Um, God, a jam-packed episode. Uh, really enjoy this. I really love the mock draft. We're going to do more fun stuff like that, I think. If, if you like that, uh, we'll put a poll out on the Instagram. Uh, if you notice, we're really active on Instagram, uh, on social media now. So we'll put a poll out there if you guys like that mock draft. And um, other than that, any any last quick thoughts, Jake? It's been a long podcast. Uh, almost, I think we're going on like an hour 30 now. So any last uh, thoughts? No, I mean, I, I think it was a very jam-packed episode, but it was very necessary. It's a lot of news going on, a lot of rumors. I'd like to and add also, to come. yeah, for sure. I, I think also to add here, if you guys, I'm not saying you guys, have to ask a question that's like you can you guys can ask anything you want but preferably try to tie something into like news that's going on i know i saw some like hypotheticals um and that's cool um and again i i feel like maybe we should just answer those on the on the instagram stories but it gives us more of a uh a reason to tie in and connect your guys's questions to what's going on in the nba because that's what we talk about um the present and what's going on right now so just kind of a note, I feel like those questions uh, we can more easily relate to in terms of what we're talking about. And I feel like those are the better types of questions. So you guys can ask what you want, but preferably, I'd say, lean towards those types of questions. That'll do it, guys. Uh, Jake, where can they find us on this Instagram we're talking about? Uh, if, go for it, and uh, we can wrap this up. Yeah, no doubt. So you guys can check us out on Instagram at a underscore around the league underscore. And then check us out. We do this every single week. Uh, the the day we do it may not be uh, on par with what you guys think. Uh, we may do it every single week, but we do actually, you know, upload um, and try to every single week. Right. So, so you guys can check us out uh, weekly on Spotify, Apple Pods and the Anchor app. Um, so check us out, guys. Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Leave some constructive criticism. If you hate us, uh, go for it. Tell us. Tell us, please. Yeah, yeah tell us. I and mean, if you love us, tell us that too. <laughs> again, I'd be the type of person to to kind of hate nicely, but Ryan Ryan's the type of person that maybe would try and you know say some things. I tell it to you bluntly. I'm going to tell it to you how it is. That's how I'm going to tell it to you. Yeah, Jake he, knows he that. Yeah, he might say some stuff that we won't repeat on the podcast. So however you want to, like, express yourself, go ahead. Um, but be honest and uh, let us know what we're doing um, to help improve this pod. So check us out. For sure, guys. Uh, peace out. That's it. Peace out. Peace.